Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Good afternoon and welcome to America's Heroes Group Roundtable with partner and sponsor Tayback Law Firm, LLC. November is Military Family Appreciation and Alzheimer's Disease Awareness Month. It's November 20th, 2021. I am Vietnam veteran host Cliff Kelly. Yes, you are the governor of Talk Radio, and I'm his co-host, Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is in the house, Ivan Ortega from Scouts Honor Productions. Today we have an incredible panelist uh, who is with Tayback Law Firm, LLC, Jim Brzezinski. He is the managing partner with Tayback Law Firm based out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, with um, offices uh, located across the United States, the USA in total. And I tell you, I am also a client, so I'm not just a Hair Club member, but a <laughs> client of Payback Law Firm, and they are doing a wonderful job helping me. So discussion today is survivorship benefits known as DIC. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you two? Oh, great, good, great, good, great. Sir. I see you are in this a Christmas mood behind you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Um, it's uh, it's just one of those things where you, it, Halloween's over. You start taking the <laughs> Halloween buckets down. I'm like, I'm not making another trip. So I'm bringing, yeah, <laughs> I'm not making another trip. So I'm bringing the Christmas stuff up with me when I come. Yep. So that's where we're at. <laughs> okay, great. So tell us about the yeah. survivorship benefits uh, known as DIC. What was that, the whole story behind it? Yeah, well, um, and there's actually there's actually three main um, survivorship benefits that are out there, depending on the veteran's status at the time of death. Um, the DIC benefit, now that, that stands for um, Dependent Indemnity Compensation. And what that is, is that is a monthly benefit for a uh, – a, a dependent, usually a surviving spouse, but it could be a, you know, a child that was found to be what's called a helpless child before their 18th birthday. But somebody who's dependent on the veteran at the time of his or her death, um, and then you can relate the death somehow to the service, whether it be a service-connected condition that caused it or a service-connected condition contributed, or if they actually just died in the service and their, you know, their spouse's um, are out there, you know, um, trying to make things make ends meet afterwards. Oh, okay. Um, it's a nice benefit. Yep. And and the one thing that's really great about that benefit is, uh, it doesn't matter how much money the star- surviving spouse has. You know, it's not it's not dependent on income or assets. Um, so you know, if the if the surviving spouse has a, a really nice. Uh, a life insurance policy as well and you know gets a good chunk of money nobody's going to look at that and say hey you have too much money for this benefit it doesn't matter it's uh, it's something that you get no matter what 
that could be very, really helpful for our veterans. Um, we just had a you know show we were talking to uh, veterans who are homeless, and many times that has to go into the financial uh, realm, you know, where people mm-hmm. can't uh, compensate. So this can actually be something that uh, veterans can benefit from and keep their family together, it sounds like. Yes, and I've had several vets that come to me saying, you know, I'm doing fine. I don't really need the benefit right now, but I want to get this connected because someday when I pass, I want to make sure my um, my spouse is taken care of. And, you know, there's some some conditions that, you know, if you have them, they're almost sure to be considered contributory. Um, as a Vietnam vet, you probably know about, uh, you know, type 2 diabetes being related to Agent Orange. Right. Um, and if you pass there's really it's really hard for them to say that that condition did not at least contribute to the death whether it be you know contributing to another condition or um making it so that something happens and your body's not responding properly or or whatever it's something where you know if you can get that connected there's a really good chance that when you do pass whatever it is that caused it you can argue that the um the um type 2 diabetes at least played a role in the passing, and then your spouse is eligible for those benefits until that spouse passes away. Okay, so that, that has to be done before you pass away, right? Or, so. Well, um, so there's, there's there, well, actually, there's there's two ways to do it. Okay. One is to get something service-connected before you Okay. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you can hear me. Okay. Great. Yeah, because I am uh, not hearing things here. So. So. So yes. Uh, so actually, you know, from what you were saying, uh, the the. Uh, compensation is really critical. I'm sorry about that. I don't know what just happened there. Yeah, no. something that's dropped. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, now, now I can hear Yep, you. yep. So, um, you know, picking up where I left off. So, so there's two ways to do it. One is to get your condition connected um, prior to the service. Or, I'm sorry, prior to your death. Right. Um, and then you've got it. However, that's not necessary. If you were to... Um, you know, have something come up that you think was service related, you know, like sometimes, uh, for example, you, you had a, a toxic exposure and then all of a sudden, you know, you found out you've got stage four pancreatic cancer and you've got months to live, you know, and, and, and then, um, science comes out later that, Hey, this stuff that you were exposed to in the service could likely have caused that, um, condition your spouse can still file that even if you've passed. There's no statute of limitations on that. Oh, um, it's yeah. all just uh, the right. proof of, yeah, yeah. So it's it's something where, you know, because unfortunately, and, and um, again, as a Vietnam vet, you know, it, it mm-hmm. takes decades sometimes to figure out what conditions are actually related to all the stuff that they're exposing you to. You know, it was yeah. 20, 30 years before some of these presumptives, and we're still finding new ones for Agent Orange. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that, that sounds yeah. really important because even with the operation of Rocky Freedom and Enduring Freedom, now people are exposed to burn pits. So that's going to be another issue for them in the future. Yeah. To Agent Orange. Yeah. 
or even like now the Camp uh, Lejeune water issues, you know, that's something with the bad water. And then all of these other bases are starting to come out with, oh, we actually had toxic water too with um, uh, uh, firefighting foam and, and all this other stuff. And, and um, you know, just the nature of the work that our our service members do, unfortunately, they get exposed to a lot of things that you really shouldn't be exposed to. And um, it's unfortunate, but you know, science is coming out with new stuff all the time related to uh, what actually um, medical conditions can be caused by those toxic exposures. So it's not imperative that you file a claim pre, um, uh, pre-death, um, but, you know, it, it is, if you can get it connected before you pass, that can be sort of like that peace of mind thing, knowing that, hey, my spouse is going to be taken care of when I go. Yes is, yes. is is there a statute of limitations on this at all? There's no statute of limitations. The issue is that the issue comes in with with the back pay. Like if you don't file pre-death, the first date that your your spouse would file the the uh, application, that could be the earliest they would get paid. Okay. Uh, whereas, you know, for example, I had I had a case, um, toxic exposure case, mm-hmm. was fighting it for seven or eight years and um the gentleman passed before his um his claim actually came through um and i promised him you know before he passed that no matter what happened we would continue this fight so his wife was taken care of um but it got approved two years after he passed and then his wife got all of the back pay for that time period um, which was Yeah, it's quite substantial. And if you guys uh, have ever looked, any any active cancer, which this was a cancer case, an active cancer is automatically 100%. So it doesn't matter, you know, what type of cancer it is. could be skin cancer. could be lung cancer. Um, it's 100%, um, it's a, a 100% rating no matter what if it's active at the time. So, so yeah, it was a substantial win. And then, um, you know, so they, they connected it. And then, you know, the second part of that puzzle is now was the death part of or related to that actual condition. So it's, um, you know, first getting it connected and then getting it um, an opinion saying that the death was caused by, or um, at least uh, partially contributed to, um, or the condition at least partially contributed to the death. Wow. If that makes sense. Yeah, that does. Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so, so uh, as people are filing this, because when you were talking about that, I was thinking, um, you know, back in, in history, what we, we still do it with workers' compensation for people who are in foundries or, you know, doing electroplating, uh, people who are in, uh, you know, blast furnace environments, those kinds of things. And there's a whole history of it with shipbuilders, with uh, asbestos, you know, for, for the sail- sailors. So it's something that has been really well established that these – toxins actually are related to different forms of yeah. cancer and uh, d- d- you know different diseases yeah and of course uh, asbestos is is well known because it's been around forever they've been using it they were using asbestos forever but you know like for example the the firefighting foam i mean that just came out a few decades ago and it takes 20 30 years to to cause or for the cancer to show up so you know those types of things where where new exposures and new chemicals are are being introduced. Um, you don't always know right away what the risk is, um, and and I'm sure you guys can relate. 
you know, when you're out there and you're serving and someone gives you a job to do and, and you've only got so much time to do it, you know, you splash a little bit of this on your skin and a little bit of that here and a little bit of that there. And are you going in to take a shower right away every time you, you drip a little bit of chemical on your skin? Probably not, right? No, no that's right. Um, you know, so so that's, uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate, but you don't always know the risk when you're doing it because it's a it's a newer chemical. Um, you know, right now, I'm sure if someone gave you some Agent Orange, you'd be like, oh, no, get that away from me, right? But yeah, yeah. when you were in Vietnam and they were spraying it, mm-hmm. you know, who who knew, right? Right. That's um, right. That's well, maybe right. maybe someone knew, but <laughs> we didn't know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, the one putting it on us knew. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because one of the things is that when you when you look at that, I, I was thinking about when you were talking is that you know we have an EPA in this country, but when we go and serve, we go to countries where EPA is like the last thing on their mind. <laughs> so there are oh, all sure. kinds of things right. flying in the air and <laughs> people throwing stuff in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, even burn pits. Could you imagine if yeah. outside your house you just took all your garbage and human waste and, yeah. you know, just burned it every day? I mean, that's that sounds crazy, but that's that's what they do. And, um, you know, I, I've the more I've, I've been um, working with those types of cases, it sounds like it's not a new thing either. It sounds like that's been happening all along because you've got stuff you got to get rid of. What are you going to do with it? you got... You don't have a lot of cho- uh, choices, so yeah. throw it in the fire and, you know, whatever happens, happens, I guess. Yeah, and, you know, we have these uh, things, and people were saying, well, there's no, there were no uh, weapons of mass destruction. And I said, what do you call biological and chemical weapons? <laughs> they yeah, were using no. those overseas. Right? We know that, mm-hmm. uh, that they were using their own people, Syria, uh, uh, you know, Iraq. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So, so uh, you know, I, I always wondered, you know, when they – have these burn pits whether they were using that as a directional because you can see where the smoke is going and if you can direct it and you know direct it with wind or whatever you're doing fans, you can actually Mm -hmm. send it into troops and uh, i always worried about that because you have 360 degrees around why is this smoke line coming right through our camp (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. That's for sure. All the stuff I'm finding out. But, um, you know, getting back to that DIC benefit, there is one kind of um, uh, statutory way where you're automatically going to get the DIC benefit if you pass. And that's for someone who is receiving 100% benefits at least 10 years prior to their passing. Um, And it could be for anything. So, if you're 100% for mental health and, you know, and then you pass of a, a heart attack and there's really no evidence that they're related, if you were 100% for at least 10 years, your spouse automatically is eligible for that DIC. Um, and that also applies to the TDIU benefit. So if you're, if you're getting the 100% based on being unemployable and then you pass and it, it's been at least 10 years of receiving that benefit, your spouse is going to be eligible for that, TD, or for that, um, that DIC benefit. So, so that's what you're telling me is if, if I have conditions that are service-connected, it's incumbent on me to make sure that I get fully evaluated to the fullest extent that they can cover me because if I have something that is, you know, we have things that are always service-connected. So if I get 100%, it's probably better for me to do it earlier and then also look at the DIC. Sure. Yeah. And, and, of course, there's, there's multiple reasons why you would want to get it as early as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, the one thing that I'm finding, and um, 
as I do more and more of this now, I've talked to hundreds, maybe even thousands of veterans about their, their cases, is that a lot of people, um, you know, they don't file for the benefit, even though they may be eligible, just because they don't need it at the time. You know, my grandpa was one of them. He never needed it. He had pension. His My, my grandma had pension um, from their jobs. They had Social Security. So he said, you know what, I don't need the VA benefit. Well, you know, that's that's all well and good, but it, it ends up hurting you in the long run because, you know, that the 10-year thing is very real. And um, if you wait until you need it, which, you know, um, he waited until my grandma passed to get his benefit and then passed a few years later, you know, if it would have been the other way around and, and he only pe- had three years of benefits under his sleeve, then grandma wouldn't have gotten the DIC benefit that she, she could have been eligible had he applied when he first became eligible. Hmm. So it's kind of like, uh, it's almost like a planning, like a retirement planning or a, uh, you know, a state planning thing where, you know, I, I, I get it. It's noble. It's noble to say, you know, there's other guys that need it more than me, but at the same time, you um, sometimes if you wait till you need it, you miss out because, um, you know, not only is it harder because now you're further out from your service, which makes everything harder to prove. Um, but it's, even if you get it, you know, you might be met, uh, missing out on that time frame that you need. You know, it also sounds like, you know, because the uh, this sometimes when you're applying for benefits, it's so complex. There's so much paperwork and if you don't speak legalese, you can be lost. <laughs> so for sure, I guess you would advise people to get an attorney to help them through this, uh, like yeah. Tabac law. Or but yeah. sure, yeah, Tabac law. Or you know, if it's something where we don't do a lot of initial applications because mm-hmm. there's so many organizations, veteran service organizations that are out there that are very, very good at um, helping people with their initial application. You know, I'm talking about most counties have a a veteran service officer that's accredited to help file documents, you know, American Legion, VFW, Purple Hearts, all those, all those big um, groups have VSOs to help with filing applications and, you know, attorneys, we can help with that too. Um, But, you know, that's something where if it's a, if it's an easy case, I'm usually referring it off anyways, because, And that if it's something where they're just going to apply and they're going to get it, number one, it's, it's, they don't need me. (laughs) And number two, um, attorneys don't get paid if there's no appeal needed. So um, we let the groups that are getting funding to do that, handle that. And yeah. um, And the people need your your expertise, you know, and and that's really what's valuable for the people who get through. Yeah. Yeah. But Jim, and that's the thing. We, Jim, you you you, you, you can't handle it if, uh, right? Your firm hand, does handle it if need be. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um, even if it's a matter of like, hey, it's not time to hire an attorney yet, but let's point you in the right direction and, and tell you what you need to do. I mean, honestly, we just like talking to vets and helping them out, and um, you know. We've got uh, we've got a great team. A lot of them themselves are vets. Um, I try to hire as many vets as I can. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, you know, this is what we do. We we deal with uh, cutting the red tape all day, every day, and, and uh, you know, I like to share that information as much as I can. Yeah, I have to do a shout out to Monica and Lance because they, <laughs> they're wonderful. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's part oh. of the team. 
Uh, yeah, thank you. We love uh, Monica's. Monica's the greatest. Lance is newer, but he came on and he is just going full bore. He uh, um, he's a vet himself and just yeah. just an amazing guy. Yeah. So you know when you were saying the uh, the DIC. So what percentage did you have to be in order to get DIC? Is a certain percentage or a cutoff or what? There is not. Other than you know the ten year thing, you have to be a hundred percent. But you know, I'll give you an example of you could be a zero percent rated. Um, vet and still get um, DIC. You know, a good example of that is if you get uh, um, hypertension service connected. You know, hypertension is is very hard to get a compensable rating because usually before you've gotten to the numbers you need to get a compensable rating, a doctor has given you medicine so that your numbers <laughs> don't go that high. Um, oh, so, yeah. so like, um, you know, for example, you need to have... Um, a diastolic reading uh, at least a hundred, which that's the bottom number on your, on your, um, on your blood pressure. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're getting up into the nineties, most of, if you're getting regular medical treatment, the doctor's going to say, Hey, it's time to put you on medicine. So you never actually get to that hundred percent, or I'm sorry, to that hundred number. Um, but it can still be service connected at 0%, Mm -hmm. which is a 0% service connection a lot of people think of it as a denial, but it's really not because it's um, two big things come from that. Number one, you can get free treatment from the VA now for that condition. Um, and number two, uh, if that condition eventually, excuse me, <coughs> if that condition eventually contributes to your passing, now your spouse is eligible for DIC. So, Let's yeah, say you got hypertension for zero, and then you have a stroke. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, sorry. You're in a yeah, you're mm-hmm. in trouble then, yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but we're, uh, we're going to running out of time, so why don't you give us a place, a time, you know, place people can contact you, mm-hmm. a website, sure. a telephone number? Right. Yeah, our, uh, so we have a um, kind of a bat phone to our VA mm-hmm. department. We've got a couple other departments, but the, the, the main line to our VA department is 414-375-1735. Um, okay. and, uh, our, our website, it's, uh, www.tabakattorneys.com. Okay. T-A-B-A-K. T-A-B-A-K attorneys, A-T-T-O-R-N-E-Y-S.com. Okay. Um, and people can email me directly to Jim at Tabak attorneys. So, okay, great. Well, we want to thank our partner, uh, sponsor, right. uh, Tayback Law Firm, LLC. You're work worth your weight in gold, Jim. Uh, have a happy turkey day before that tree uh, lights up again. <laughs> and don't let the turkey run through too fast. Get a bite. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it, sir. Okay. All and right. we're going on break now, going on break. Uh, we'll be back shortly. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.